Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. This is our, I don't want to call it our swan song because we're not leaving forever, but this is our last episode for two fortnights. That felt like the coolest way to say that because I think that's roughly accurate. Fortnite is two weeks. Two of those is basically a month. I'm Lily 86. I'm joined as ever by my good friends Tectic and Nerd Bomber who are also going to be away for two fortnights. We're getting married. We just talked about it on the secret segment. So that's that's a, a tasty like sizzle for the secret segment for the Patreon peoples. Go join Patreon if you aren't already there. We're getting married, not to each other. Right, guys? I don't think last I checked, we weren't getting married to each other. We're getting married to the right people, but we're, we're keeping an open mind. <laughs> okay. I'll be honest. I'm a little confused and having trouble tracking. <laughs> You're marrying your wife. I'm marrying Nerd Bomber, but we're swingers. No, no, we're not. not. No, we are not. <laughs> yeah, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. No, we're not. Right we're not. We're, we're not. Our swan, our swan song is starting with us talking about swinging, even though we're not. We're actually serious. We're not doing that. Just heads up. But we are getting married. Nerd Bomber and Tactic to each other, me to someone else. So we will be away for a month. But before we go, on our way out, we are going to hit you with all the juiciest deets about SDCC, also known as San Diego Comic Con. A lot of trailers. We're going to be going through a lot of trailers. We got a lot of Marvel content. We got a lot of Netflix content. We got a lot of content on content on content. So a lot to get into. A packed episode. This is one of those episodes where we're kind of just devoting the whole episode to one thing. So get hyped do we want to as a as a high level before getting into the deep dives on each thing do we want to say what we thought the best looking thing was just go around the room a little kumbaya action just kind of get each other juiced up and gassed up for for this discussion i will go first and i will say that i actually think one of the best looking things on this list was uh it's the black panther sequel black panther forever. forever i think that was the best trailer of all the trailers i there was a lot to dive into there were some honorable mentions that one may be the highest profile but that's of course subject to argument which i'm sure we will have but for me that was the that was the highlight we'll get to we'll dive into that a little bit more we'll get to that more but did you guys have anything that stood out to you in particular so, as being i do agree that wakanda forever was a clear front runner it looks like they had like a respectful send-off to chadwick boswin which was really really great to see and, and it looks like it's going to be exciting the second mention since you already took that one for me is going to be and i'm going to probably take this from nerd bomber the groot animated show come on that was mine let's dig into that a little bit because i don't agree at all you don't need to but i love baby things baby groot and baby yoda are my two like cutest characters i love them just because of how cute they are i have baby groot stuff all over my house because he's heckin adorable and that's all you need to know you just like i'm not looking for something deep i just want to be like oh my gosh this is, a, this is a true fact about nerd bomber i'm wearing baby yoda socks on my wedding day to ensure she says yes if she starts to waver up on the altar i'm just gonna lift my pant leg i'm gonna be like oh baby yoda it says one of the things that annoys me i'm gonna use that word right away it says like vin diesel is called out in in the in the polygon article i have that has kind of summarizes all these trailers. yeah he's the like, voice voice once again by vin diesel okay he is like i'm sorry if he is the voice of groot all, a, all he's saying is i am groot and b his voice is modulated to kingdom come yeah. i don't Why think did, so like, i i feel like i remember when the first guardians of the galaxy or maybe the second one came out i remember looking up like if they modulated his voice to do baby groot and i believe he just does that like straight up i could be wrong somebody fact checked oh, me in no real time way. but i oh, remember there is slight modulation to it there's gotta be modulation. i'm not gonna fact check you someone else someone on twitter can do it but i thought I'm not, i read I don't, I don't that they do modify it a little bit for baby groot but they did keep it consistent with the actor i think they're gonna be nice to look at but it's five short films I, there's not there's not enough content for me to be excited about first of all and it's just gonna be like a it, it's like it's just eye bleach you ever go on that subreddit it's just the eye bleach subreddit there which is like, a third honorable mention too if you if you want me to just give that to nerd bomber and i'll pick a different one and it's gonna shock give you. that yeah it is going to give shock that to nerd bomber every single one of you i'm ready to be shocked tales of the walking dead no so i and I, this is one i really want to talk about because i agree on certain levels i agree this is what it should have been they should have ended this the walking dead a I totally long time agree. ago and they should have just went with this i i mean i'm quoting nerd bomber here because she said this right after we saw it but i 100 percent agree this this you're just stealing this, all of her opinions pretty much this is basically the episode the final episode he didn't come prepared he just stole my opinion no, <laughs> no. this was done very well 
And this is what the people I believe wanted, to get different perspectives from all over the world of people's experience on the first couple of weeks, months, what have you. This is what it's about. After, yes. after that, it gets kind of like same shit, different day. Yeah, because what The Walking Dead devolved into, and I don't want to get too much of a tangent, and we can talk about this as well with, with like the final Walking Dead trailer, but like it right. did devolve into basically just like people politics. The zombies really took a back seat. And what was so interesting in the first three, four seasons was how they faced off against the zombies, how they basically found other people and made the society work. And then once it became like the politicky BS because like human society kind of established itself, I don't I don't care. Yeah, like how cool of a moment was it when they first learned that if you cover yourself in zombie guts, then you can meander through the crowd. Then it just became, all right, let's just gut up and get going. Well, it's like, and yeah, like to go, to move over to the, we can just talk about The Walking Dead, I think, kind of as a whole here, because I watched that Walking Dead, the final trailer, and like the very beginning was good because it showed moments from earlier in the show that were memorable and like showed you when the show used to be good. That That's why I said, these are like, this show used to be good. Please don't leave yet. And then... You know, obviously, I haven't watched The Walking Dead in many, many seasons, so I don't really have a firm grip on what's going on, but it looked so bad. Like, it, it, it pained me to watch that. The acting looked bad. The actors in it, the, the ones who have been there the whole time, don't care anymore, and I don't blame them. And the ones who just showed up also don't care, and I don't blame them. Like, it, it's just, it, it feels like a, a very heartless exercise right now for that show. And I think that Tales of the Walking Dead, I totally agree. Like, I, a long time ago, read a book called World War Z, which was ultimately adapted into a Brad Pitt movie that had nothing to do with the book. The book is very similar to what I think Tales of the Walking Dead is going to be, which is these kind of anthology, little individual stories that they would bounce between, but that they they weren't connected at all, basically. Maybe once or twice, there would be a very, very tenuous connection, but they were designed to be these isolated standalone stories. And I would go even further than what you said, Tactic, and, and say, I don't think it necessarily has to be the very beginning, first few weeks, first few months of it. You know, you you can ha- tell a story that's, you know, 10 years after it started, because by the way, guess what that sounds like? It sounds like The Last of Us. Like there's, you can tell individual stories that can take an hour of time that that are much more captivating. And we've seen so many shows do that. You know, Black Mirror is one of the obvious touch points, you know, this is trying to be Black Mirror, but instead of spooky dystopian technology, it's spooky zombies. And I think that's a great idea. I don't love Terry Crews. Oh, really? I don't love Terry Crews. I, 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 like, I want to, because I love Terry Crews as a person and as an actor, but I don't know if this is the... He's too genial for this. See, I that's think... That's like my immediate reaction. I disagree, nice. because first of all, we've seen Terry Crews in more badass scenarios, but also... But not for a very long time. Sure. But he's playing the, the douchebag. Well, I don't know if he's even playing the douchebag, but I think he is kind of playing that guy who doesn't really know what to do based on this small snippet of a trailer that we got. But I think it's important for them to get relatively big name people because he also, I believe Olivia Munn was also in this. There were like yes. recognizable faces. I couldn't necessarily tell you the names of all of the actors, but I've seen all of the faces for the I most part. I got the part. doomsday prepper, the just keep working out prepping yes. for doomsday that vibe that I, I got the vibe that he knew exactly what to do and how to prepare but the problem is he was doing it in a solo effort and everyone knows that being a solo hoarder is never the way to survive a zombie apocalypse okay that's fair and but like the point that i'm trying to make though is that i think you need to have these bigger name people because one of the oh, things sure. that the walking dead lost when it lost its way was its cast And I'm not saying that that initial cast was even people that were super recognizable because I think, you know, you had... But they were super good. Right. You had like two or three characters in that original cast who you knew off the bat from other, you know, other movies, other shows, other properties. But the rest of the cast was just really, really good. And so for those first like four or five seasons or so, you had a really stellar standout cast that everyone connected to. But if you looked at even watching the last season trailer for the main Walking Dead show, that, for the main show, like I when we were watching that, because we checked out a few seasons ago and literally none of those characters are recognizable. So I do not care. Yeah. 
Like there is no investment for me there. And so I right. think how you, in order to draw people back in, because they've tried to do Walking Dead spinoffs before, like this isn't the first one. But again, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, you're telling me a long form story. All of the other spinoffs were long form stories following a set of characters that I don't recognize and I don't care about. So now you do bring in a big name like a Terry Crews, Olivia Munn. And it's like, OK, I'm interested. You're instantly I'm inclined to care more. Right. Yeah, and well, and, and, and it's worth noting. There, first of all, I didn't, I didn't. They might have started doing this a while ago. They're calling it the Walking Dead universe now, so they're very shamelessly just saying, "How many spinoffs can we do?" They announced another spinoff with Andrew Lincoln, and I cannot think of her the name. The Night Sword. Yeah, and they didn't give us much details about that, but they announced that, and then they gave us this trailer, and they gave us the the final season trailer. What I want to know about the final season trailer, and like. Granted, I got out of The Walking Dead a long time ago, but Walking Dead fans are notoriously terrible at keeping their mouths shut, so I know a lot of what happened in the show. But what are they, what's with the Stormtrooper-looking dudes? Because I was watching that trailer, I was like, who I are these know. people? And they're very clearly as big of enemies as the zombies are. It seems like, like there the was zombies a have almost become secondary. that's been working in the shadows all along. That's probably yeah, what it is. It, I mean, it, everyone knows, you know, in this scenario, all of your super rich and politician would be bunkered down. So it's probably that. That w- I would say that was among the worst trailers because there was there's a couple more that I'm going to call out as we go past them, but that one was like particularly bad. I thought, and you know, I, admittedly, part of that is I'm so outside the Walking Dead ecosystem now that I don't care. But like, as someone who likes, because you know, by the way, Comic Con is a big deal for me because for those that don't know, I am like a huge trailer person. I like I will just go on YouTube and just watch trailers for things. I think it's like a very cool art form i think the way music is used in trailers can make or break a trailer and i'm not saying the walking dead is an example of either one of those things but like other trailers that we'll get to i will mention it i just think it's such a cool art form and i think to have this huge franchise that's been going for so long to have kind of fumbled the ball so badly like it just it makes me a little sad i think tales of the walking dead could be very good and i hope it's very good like I, i mentioned black mirror but they did the Twilight Zone anthology series pretty recently. I thought that was pretty good. I think anthology series are kind of like kind of the new thing. And I like that. I think that's a, that's a good direction for TV in general to be going in because it lowers the commitment level. And I think you have this spectrum where on one end you have anthology series that you can kind of jump into and out of. And on the other end, you have, you know, the MCU where you can't miss one episode of one show or you're going to be confused later on. I think that's detrimental if I haven't already made that clear from railing on the MCU for the past like few months, but I would want more anthology style series from anything on TV really. So So, is the MCU the next thing we're going to tackle? Because I know that was a meaty part of the SDCC pie. Yeah. I mean, it definitely can be. And I I do, you know, of course want to start with Black Panther Wakanda forever. And this is where I do want to mention the, the music, but the music was amazing. And that was like one thing that Black Panther also, I think they might've won I think they might have won the Oscar for that. It that it was great in the original Black Panther. I think this movie is going to be this let me put it this way. This is the best Marvel trailer I've seen since the No Way Home trailer and it's not even particularly close. I think it's doing everything it needs to be doing. I do have my doubts about the new leading lady. But to some extent they have been quelled by by this trailer. I think the villain is going to be amazing in Technic I will Turn it over to you in a, in a moment because you've mentioned the Submariner, I believe. Yeah, there were there were leaks episode. that it was going to be a battle of two kingdoms was going to be the original title or something like that. So the the change to Wakanda Forever was sort of more recent. It it was going to be that, and and so a lot of people, and I'm not special by saying this, then already kind of alluded to it being Namor. So this this wasn't a huge surprise there. I think Angela Bassett is awesome. And she has like this really emotional monologue in the trailer that I thought was, I just, I I think it has a chance to do everything right. I'm just curious on how they're going to explain how he died. I think it's very evident. It's all going to happen off screen. I think that is the right way to do it. And I know right now on the internet, there's like a huge subsect of people clamoring. I don't know if it's huge, but they're a loud subsect of people clamoring to recast the character of T'Challa and not like move on from that character. But I think I just, I don't know. It doesn't feel right at the moment. 
maybe if it was a reboot, but like it just doesn't feel right at the moment. So I think this is a tasteful way to do it. And there's nothing that says that they can't groom someone within the MCU to take on the mantle aside from his sister. If if, if you want, you know, a male Black Panther, but I, I think I think his sister would be perfect for the role. I, I really don't see a problem with this. And I really don't agree with any of the folks clamoring that he needs to be replaced with somebody else. Let me hit you guys with with something so in in terms of how they address his death i'm i'm sitting here trying to think about if in the mcu his character died from cancer is that tasteless tasteful or really neither because i'm trying to think about a way to i I don't know make his make his make the death of the person meaningful in the universe and not make some mockery of it like i don't want that but they need to have him go down in a heroic way defending wakanda because then that but how would, do you because that's what his whole embodiment of that character was in that show and there's there's plenty of enemies that were already introduced that could have easily been a, a subplot story that gets explained away do we know and this is something you're gonna have to like refresh my memory because it's been a while since i saw the last like since i saw Endgame. Did we ever get a confirmation that he made it out of Endgame? Yes, um, maybe. I don't remember. Like, could they kind of he spin was, it? He was where like he's the same he was grade? at Tony's funeral. Okay, so I would imagine he was at Tony's funeral. I don't know for sure, but I would I would guess. Also, that was a huge Endgame spoiler. But like, come on. I yeah. I, I the thing with like the the heroic end that you mentioned, tactic. The issue I see with that is when you say he died in a fight with so and so people are always going to say, well, why couldn't we have seen that? But you I know? mean, we, and we know just, why I, we couldn't have seen that. Like, We know why, but but but, but people, fans are never going to be satisfied with that. But they I could show is, it. Is my... They could show it without showing him. They can have him in his suit fighting, say, Ulysses Claw. For maybe, example. And maybe That's they'll a... do that in like a flashback, though. Yeah. Like, we don't I'm know saying. that they won't. So him and U- Ulysses were going toe-to-toe. He got him on the spike, but he took him out with uh, like they both kind of like clashed at the same time and both fell, and then it just fade to black, and then it goes to funeral scene. You do remember that Ulysses Claw is dead, right? <laughs> I, I was dead. just picking a an, an arbitrary <laughs> Black Panther villain. That, that, that yeah, fair point. I, I I'm curious to see how they do it. I don't know what the right way is. I'm just sitting here thinking I don't want him to be written off unceremoniously. You know, and I, I don't know what the best way to do that is. I just, that's one of my, if I have any concerns about this movie, it's that. Because I think that is one of the main jobs of the movie, is to do that character and the man that played that character justice in that way. I'm excited for the return of Martin Freeman, because he has been notably absent since the last Black Panther, and I'm a, I'm a fan of his character. So, I think it's going to be great. Can I don't we, know how much more we need to say about it. Well, but can we talk about go, go how we're also excited for the introduction of Ironheart? That is phase... Which phase is that? Well, no, the movie is is coming in the upcoming installments, but she's going to be introduced in here, and there was a little spoil when she was cutting out a little heart-shaped piece of metal. Right. So that flew over me. I, I, knew, that, I knew that the movie was announced for... Had been announced... or it, it might be a movie or a show. was announced for one of the later phases. They announced like 16 things in later phases. That I don't know that we're going to talk about a whole lot of that here without footage to see, but... I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for the return of an Iron Man-like character. If Ironheart is anything like that, then yeah, I'm very much on board. I don't have much exposure to the character. She's a clever girl. Let's uh, kind of pivot to what I'm again going to say was one of the worst trailers. Are you going to hate on She-Hulk right now? I'm going to hate on She-Hulk right now. I thought it was they better. They can't get it right. I thought it was better than it, the last one, though. It may have been 1% to 2% better. I just... I'm not... No. Just, who no. cares like, about I, I, the triangles even in, even in cgi we're not i'm it's not, not i'm not here for the graphics i'm there the for triangles. the story and the story looked funny it looked Im- compelling like just just leave your graphics at home who cares yeah i think i kind of agree with tactic i think you know they fleshed out the story a little bit more i think you know the breaking the fourth wall kind of thing will work to great effect in this and i think it looked like it'll be funny and kind of lighthearted CGI still looked a little sus, but definitely better than it did the last time. Like, I'm a little bit more optimistic about the show now than I was the first time we saw a trailer for this. I just don't think that... I, that the fourth wall thing I agree with. I'll give you that. The CGI may have been 
slightly better. That's not even my main concern. My main concern is that I did not find basically any of the jokes that they made in the trailer. And they made a lot of jokes. I didn't find any of them funny. And I th- it, it's, it's seeming to me like that is going to be the main focus of the show. Maybe I misread it. But because I, I, I think I said this last time, I think the, the plot of having an attorney who is defending and representing superheroes or superpowered people, I think that's great. I think they might not take this storyline seriously enough. To me, that's my main concern. Well, I think you're wrong because if you remember, Wong came through and he's like, hey, let's do some super special stuff. And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to do the law stuff and like keep it to the book. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and then Which they made it. leads me to it. believe that. Well, no, but that leads me to believe that her majority of her arc is going to be fixated on exactly what you want to see. Basically grappling with how like the law and like the normal systems of human civilization grapple with superpower people. I think there's an interesting aspect to this that if they explore it right, and we might not be getting that in the two minute snippet of trailers that we've been seeing, but if they really do like kind of have her be, you know, mostly by the book, I think it could be interesting. I, I, I agree. Again, I, I think the premise is good. I think they're going to make a mockery of it. I, and, the, and the example you just said was if anything proving my point they had that scene and she immediately undercut the whole scene by making a joke about it that's just like i don't want that i don't know and maybe i'm the only one but the just the amount of like jokes gosh and it's like it's gonna be very weird i think and not that i've watched much of the daredevil show but the other big thing that was teased here was that daredevil is gonna be back and i can't imagine him in that environment because i don't think he's at he's all a lawyer. character geared towards com- he's but he's not geared toward comedy at all and that's clearly what the show is doing so i just think that's going to be strange um but i think it might make for a good dynamic where he'll dampen it out i think we just want different things and that's that's okay but i wasn't feeling this that's that's it sounds like you guys were so we'll hit it over to the twitter sphere who who's right let's just let's just be straight up who's right about this Hit us up on Twitter at OW86 is my handle at OW Tactic at OW Nerd Bomber and our main show account at Online Warriors One. What do you think of She Hulk? Has it improved after trailer one? I, I I would say it has improved. I'll give it that. I don't think it's it has improved very much. But Tactic and Nerd Bomber feel otherwise, and I want you guys to go tell me that I'm I'm wrong about this. Before we move on, I do want to kind of head over to Tectic a little bit. So they did kind of outline, you know, the two, three-year plan for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know there are some storylines that you've talked about in the past, like Secret Invasion, all that kind of stuff, Secret Wars, what have you, the Kang Dynasty. Can you tell us a little bit about what you think? Like, do you think they're heading in the right direction? Do you think those storylines are going to be compelling enough to be... Because they're not having a tentpole Avengers movie now until I believe it was 2025. And then we're seeing two within six months of each other. Everything up to that point is just building. And, you know, they've outlined six phases basically through phase six here. I don't honestly even understand what delineates a phase at this point. Like I'm not truly certain what one phase is different than the next, but Tectic, you have a little bit more background on these storylines that, you know, the the next three years of Marvel movies are going to be working towards. What can you tell us about those? If you know, sorry to put you on the spot. No, that's fine. So the one thing that I think is completely missed out of place is the Avengers Kang Dynasty. I really wanted that to be built on top of the introduction of the Fantastic Four, simply because Kang the Conqueror is also Nathaniel Richards, and the last name Richards should sound familiar to you. He is in the Reed Richards family, and so I would have liked to see that familial drama kind of occur and and that that major plot twist of what can happen to through various timelines and and things like that with Kang the Conqueror there's Iron Lad and then there's Reed Richards that whole sect of people all are kind of interconnected with the Fantastic Four being introduced in phase six it really doesn't make for that to be possible at all so that's kind of a bummer but we'll see what they do with that and then as far as Secret Wars The thing that I'm struggling with Secret Wars is there were a lot of different Secret Wars comics. I don't know what they plan to do with various IPs and things like that. I didn't see... Well, 
I don't know how they're going to introduce Wolverine. I don't know how they're going to wiggle Deadpool into this. If they do the Deadpool Secret Wars, that would be absolutely fantastic because there's a little sect of that that I just, I always talk about with friends because it's my absolute favorite kind of theory. And and that is that Deadpool was the first person to interact with a symbiote. And that's why Venom's kind of batshit crazy because he took a little bit of Deadpool and also has the regenerative capability and all those other things. And similar to how he took some of Spider-Man's powers, he took some of Deadpool's power, but also took some of the crazy. So that was kind of a cool subplot that I think would have been fantastic to then go into that stuff. But I have no idea how they're going to introduce these characters into the larger group. So it's hard for me to say, am I excited for Kang Dynasty? Am I excited for Secret Wars? Because I just don't have enough information on how they're going to interconnect all these things. Well, here's my concern as a little bit more of a comic book layman, but as a movie watcher, for sure. Looking at this list, I see two Avengers movies at the very end. You know what the successful part of Marvel did not have? Like, well, what it did have was it had Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. And like, some people crap on Age of Ultron and they have reason to, but those two movies were critically important to the success of Infinity War and Endgame, in my opinion. They're setting themselves up to do the same thing that DC is doing that doesn't work, which is they're cutting straight to the meat without putting these characters together. They're cutting them straight to the biggest battle. And I know their plan is probably to set up building blocks throughout these million shows and movies that they have coming out before. But again, that's just not how they did it before. And I don't know why they wouldn't just stick to the formula that they already know has worked. That's what kind of confuses me. They're doing it because money. Well, I think, too, none of these characters are really set up as Avengers. Like, exactly. if you look, these Avengers movies aren't occurring for another three years. And there's a ton of content between now and then. And I feel like they have to do that legwork because right now... There's no clear-cut Avenger. There really isn't. But it's going to be too disconnected. You can't just put them all together and say, go fight Kang. I, I just, I don't think that's, I don't think I you don't can think do that. they I all will don't... fight Kang. One thing that I am excited for, and you had mentioned back when we talked about The Walking Dead, about having these sort of tertiary stories that aren't interconnected, the Thunderbolts. If you don't know who they are, they're basically Marvel's suicide squad, and they're going to be their own thing. They're not going to be Avengers. They're going to be rogue jerks that do good and that's going to be refreshing that's going to be a reprieve from the continuity that has become the avengers universe the other thing that definitely concerns me again and again the reason is money as you said i get that they want to push the shows again that's not what they did last time (laughs) like just do the same thing again that's just i don't understand why you wouldn't just do the same thing you did last time you had a good build it made perfect sense muddied the waters way too much I think adding in these shows that are influential to the movies was a terrible idea. I think the shows yep. should have been almost like standalones. The even. show should have been the equivalent of the Squirrel Girl podcast. Yeah, something that you don't Just- need to understand in order to see the mainline movies. They should have made them like kind of connect them a little bit, but don't don't make them integral to the storytelling. I think it was very recently within the past couple of weeks I saw something about it the amount of Marvel content that is television shows just surpassed the amount of content that is movies. You ever see that meme with all those hot dogs? And it's like all all the hot dogs in, 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 in that in that person's mouth? That's what I oh, feel like. Oh, yeah, yes. I feel like that well, just, meme. I, I, would, I would need to crunch the numbers. I don't know if this is true. I mean, I, certainly Spider-Man No Way Home, again, was a unique situation that made them a bunch of money. But like... I don't think Multiverse of Madness made them very much money relative to past Marvel movies. I don't, they are going to lose steam. Mark my words. I think the process is starting. I think they're, they're doing exactly what they're not supposed to be doing. They're not, they they shouldn't be doing. They're stretching themselves too thin. They're creating this spider web that is going to be just easily broken. And it's hard to watch. If you can't, if you can't tell from my general demeanor right now, like phases one through four were so good. And I just can't believe they have phases one through three, I should say we're so good and i just can't believe they're doing this it makes no sense to me but and i feel like they're blaming the lack of resonance of phase four on covid and i don't think that's really the case because you did see some of the movies like spider-man broke records yeah they, they have a crutch in that regard for sure i mean some of it obviously yeah like some of the movies sure came out at a really rough time like black widow got clobbered with timing and covid and all that 
But like for the most part, like these latter movies, like Multiverse of Madness, that just like that just wasn't that great. Yeah. Like it. I, it was fine. I, I it was the, capital F fine. It was fine. That's about it. And and everything. And I haven't seen it yet. But everything I've heard about Thor: Love and Thunder is it's fine. They they're not going to make it on that. They just like they they flew too close to the sun, maybe. Or again, they're just overextending. But I do think we're going to start seeing them slip. Not to bring us to a downer spot before the break, but that that is how I feel about Marvel right now. After the break, we will get to DC because they have they had some stuff that we're going to need to talk about and a bunch of other odds and ends that were teased in various ways uh, during SDCC. So we'll get to all that. But before we do, we're going to take our break. But before we take our break, I would be remiss if, if one last time before our month break, I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Uh, Stephen has supported us on Patreon for quite a while now. He is a knight at our square table. He has a very cool sword or a what's the what's the swingy spiky ball? Don't they call that a mace? He has a mace. He has various weaponry. Uh, he is a knight. He supports us at the highest level of our three levels on Patreon, and as a result, he gets this producer shout out. He gets input into the weekly game segment. He of course gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and he gets the occasional guest spot on the show. There are also Squire levels of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. For more of the details on any and all of those levels of support, you can head to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Check us out there. Say hi to Steven. Say hi to us. Consider giving back to the show and helping us keep this thing going. Thanks again to Steven. We'll take a short break now, and we will come back to discuss DC and the rest of SDCC. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because we heard them advertised on other shows, and quite frankly, I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and let me tell you, the hype was real. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's quick and easy for me to toss back in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. One scoop into a glass of water helps me wake up even on tired mornings, and I know my gut and immune system will be prepped for the day. And I know what you're thinking. Green drink. Blech. But Athletic Green's green drink actually tastes really good. The best part is that I get all my supplements in for way cheaper than taking individual supplements themselves. It costs less than three bucks a day, so you're investing in your health for cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's also a trusted product. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and comes recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts alike. And for every purchase, you're helping to feed kids. Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks to Athletic Greens for helping to sponsor the show. And now we'll get back to the episode. Okay, so Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I'm just diving right into DC because I know this is one that... I think this looks fine. I don't feel any particular way about this one. I know you guys, or I'm fairly certain you guys feel a particular way about it. What did you think of the trailer music? I don't it was, remember. It was, it was Eminem's? Honest, you? No? That's a fine choice. I, I, I just, like, I don't feel any connection to these characters because I didn't see the first movie. That was my overwhelming... I think the, I think oh, the movie is going to yeah. be fine. I think it looked fine. It's just, I, I'm sure you guys have a lot more to say about it. So I will turn it over to the both of you who are at least, at the very least, Zachary Levy fans. Of the DC movies that we've gotten thus far, Shazam was probably one of my top tier ones just because it kind of felt a little bit like it was stealing more from the Marvel formula. And like, okay, DC was definitely trying to go for like that darker, grittier feel, but it wasn't working. So they needed to do something because outside of Wonder Woman, almost every other DC movie was like critically panned and Shazam brought it. It gave you that Marvel feel. 
And it, I thought it was pretty good. Like, it was very entertaining. You didn't really have to worry about the interconnectedness of the DC universe because that was the pitfall of a lot of the previous DC movies. And so I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward again, like they make a mention of the other superheroes in the DC universe, but that's not the pinnacle. Like there's really no connection, it seems, past that from this trailer. It's going to be another self-contained movie. And I got to say, as somebody who does like comic book movies, does like superhero stuff, but is getting exhausted from the interconnectedness of literally everything, I do like these self-contained movies. and. You also got me. I do like Zachary Levi, so I'm, I'm here for it. I think Zachary Levi is a good comedic choice. It is kind of jarring still as someone who primarily knew him from Chuck originally. Like I've seen, aka scrawny nerd, right? Like I've seen him now the, in the all muscles. of his other stuff, but like yeah. it's it's jarring. Like even when we saw him in American Underdog, it takes me like a good 10, 15 minutes to be like, okay, he's not just Chuck. He is like playing this other character i have to like change my mindset but he does a really good job and he brings the comedic levity that i think these movies need so i'm looking the forward to this the comedic one. i'm gonna as someone levi t Ooh, i like what you did Sorry. there as someone who did see the help. first one i'm gonna provide my take on this i think and and i'm gonna i'm gonna make nerd bomber furious i can already feel it Superman, as a character, has significantly more depth than Shazam. I think that Billy Batson and Shazam is kind of a one-trick pony, and they pulled all the stops on the first one. The first one was fantastic. I think the second one is going to be just more of the same. It's going to be good, but I think it's not going to hold a candle to the first one. I can hear the glaring from here. I assume Nerbomber's just menacingly staring you down. No, I just... Um, I don't know if I agree with that because the first was Billy Batson trying to figure out how to use his powers. He's still trying to come into his own, but now he also has to learn how to work as a team with his family. And I think that's really good because you get that like learning to build a team dynamic without the baggage of all of the other DC characters because you're keeping it in the family. Right. You get that like self-contained team building dynamic the emotional story arc that was covered in the trailer wasn't i'm a kid who has a really unfortunate life and i got this this fantastical power granted upon me to do good the story arc was look at all these other superheroes they're so cool and i'm just kind of right. a, a poser like come on cut well, cut the pity party out yeah i mean that's that's the part that we see but i think he's going to be grappling with and i think you kind of see that in the trailer too you know he he thought that he would have this cool family structure now that all of his you know siblings are superheroes as well and they kind of go off and do their own it's more thing. of the same of what it was in the first one but he's going to learn how to be a leader in this one. I think in the first one, it's him, you know, coming into his own and building self-confidence. I think this is going to show an arc of building leadership and this team coming together because we don't really know all of the other sibling characters that well. So I think we're going to also learn a little bit more about them and their family dynamic. Right. But if you recall in the, in the first movie, it was everyone was rushing out of the house and Billy was left alone and sad. It's ex- it's exactly that. Just the only thing is they're all super now. And he, he even said they're all doing their own thing. And that's why I'm saying it's going to be good, but it's going to just be more of the same. I, I agree. I, I, well, I agree definitely that the idea of it being a standalone and, and roughly self-contained movie, I think it's I think it's good. And, and to kind of transition, you know, I think Black Adam, well, it's going to try to set itself up for more than it is. I think that's the path that Black Adam is going down. I think Black Adam is very interesting. Uh, it's it's definitely one of the more intriguing DC movies that I've seen a trailer for, if only because he's an anti-hero and anti-heroes to me are always more interesting. I think he's too powerful. I will say that much. He's got a Superman thing going on where it seems like he's untouchable and that's not interesting. So there's some interesting... I guess, dynamics coming out of that. I like the idea of a superhero who, and I'm quoting directly now, is born out of rage. I think that's cool. Well, he's got to uh, be so very touchable. That's why we're, we're going to be introduced to Dr. Fate. Um, and that's going to be his, right. his toe-to-toe battle. Yeah. 
who I also like Pierce Brosnan. So I, I, I think that one is going to be pretty good. I'm excited about that one. I might actually see it in theaters. That's, that's my level of excitement, which is again, higher than pretty much everything else in the DC universe. Moving right along, because we, we do got to start hustling a little bit. I want to circle back before we kind of hit some of the littler ones. One of the other big announcements, and I think one of the first ones of SDCC was Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Now, this is another... I'll, I'll, I'll spin it over to you guys first to give your opinions before I give mine, because I don't want to color the discussion, but I do have a decent amount to say about this. So, Nurbomber, first impressions on this one, where are you at with it? I want to say, especially with all of the high fantasy sort of treatment that we're getting from a television perspective, I think going campy might be the way to go. And that's obviously what they're leaning into. It gave me like tiny Tina vibes, if that makes sense. Like it's not taking itself seriously at all, but I don't know if they're going to make it too campy. And um, jury is out on this one for me. I don't really know. I can't tell how I feel. I feel like we saw like World of Warcraft. I believe that came out, gosh, four or five years ago. ago. And it was bad. Oh, no, no. Because it took itself too seriously. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'm going to Google when it came out. I just remember it being very, very bad. Six years ago it came out. I thought it was more longer ago than that. I think for sure Campy is the key on this being a success. The other thing that I think is instrumental in it being a success because it's going to pull two types right it's going to pull new people to the franchise and then it's also going to pull standard D fans the other thing that's going to be important is fan service and we saw right off the bat we saw a mimic treasure chest shooting his, his tongue out we saw the gelatinous blob people getting stuck in it all these key notable D enemies popping up left and right those are critical fan service that you need to have in there to have a full well-rounded movie that brings both sides to it well let me let me stack onto that point because i i like the look of this um i agree campy is the way to go in high fantasy these days i think chris pine looks fantastic i think he's the exact right person for this role i think he's going to be great i love the premise of a group of thieves in 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 a fantasy world doing thieving stuff and occasionally it seems like trying to make things right what i am bothered by is when you take this premise and this movie and you slap the Dungeons and Dragons name on it, A, I feel manipulated. And B, you attach that baggage to yourself. You attach the need to do fan service where I just don't know if you need that. I, I, I don't know. I want this movie to be a, a movie that makes it on its own steam on the strength of its story and doesn't make it because it's a Dungeons and Dragons movie because I, I also really have my doubts that people who are fans of Dungeons and Dragons and take it really seriously in any way are going to get anything out of this movie because this movie at its core is not about Dungeons and Dragons. It's not at all about Dungeons and Dragons as far as I can tell. It just happens to take place in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. And to me, that's like a, I don't want to call it skeevy, but it feels underhanded to me. If they had like breaking of the fourth wall on this, do you think it would do better? So, like, all of a sudden, someone casually mentioned, wow, that's a natural 20 or something like that. It would make it more interesting. I don't know that it would. Uh, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I don't know what I would want it to have, but I want them to just make it a movie that, like, can stand on its own. Because the other thing, too, is, you know, watching this trailer and seeing the everything about it, you know, they're already planning the second one. That just irks me a little bit. Which is a shame because I think it looks like it's going to be a really good movie. And I think it. I think it has everything it needs. I think the cast looks amazing. I like Justice Smith a lot. I think Bridgerton guy is probably pretty good. Although I did not watch Bridgerton. I don't like feeling manipulated. I think it's as simple as that. But I will probably see the crap out of this movie. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. I'm very this interested was a long... to hear your take on this because you're the big Lord of the Rings guy. This was the definition of a mixed bag. I think. There were certain things about this that I really liked. This is one that, and I didn't realize until I was watching the trailer for this, there's certain things that they really nailed in terms of, you know, if I'm going to sit down and watch a Lord of the Rings television show, what I want predominantly is 
more of what the Lord of the Rings movies gave me. And granted, you know, they're going to be working in a prequel-ish universe, but I think that's good. That provides a story that I legitimately do not know. And that's how I came into the Lord of the Rings movies. I had no knowledge. I hadn't read the books. So that's a good spot for them to be in. The trick of it is I have issues that like, like uh, the Avengers video game was a similar situation to this where I just want, I want everything to look and be the way that Peter Jackson made it. And, and, and what Peter Jackson did was this crazy, like 10 year long, insane production that will, the likes of which will probably never happen again. And you, you can't ask even a company as big as Amazon to put on that kind of production, but I, I want it because, because that's what the movies were and I, I'm not going to get it. So I'm, I'm trying to manage those expectations. And with that in mind, I'll acknowledge, that I think this looks very good. And there are certain sequences, like for example, the Balrog sequence at the end, I was like, yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly what I want. I, I don't know anything about the war. I'm not up on the Silmarillion or anything like that. I'm generally interested in the premise of how did Sauron get to be Sauron? Because I think that's where, where we are with this. I'm, I'm generally but tentatively on board. I will also say, as an aside, that really isn't all that relevant. Dwarves look ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know how... Like, I think I do legitimately think a critical piece of the f- success of the first, like the three Lord of the Rings movies that came out is there was only one dwarf in it. And I kind of could take him seriously just based on the way he looked. It was a lot less cartoonish. Like the main dwarf that they show in this trailer is a, is a cartoon character. <laughs> and like, I kind of show up to this wanting something different than that. So that was just kind of my, one of my minor visual takes, but I, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this. I've obviously very much want it to be good. And I think it has a very, very good chance. I just, again, I'm actively having to manage expectations. And I do have a feeling I'm not the only one because the fandom here is, I think, very demanding, A. And B, they have so much really, really strong content to to base their expectations on. But I mean, where, where are you guys at on this one? You're not as big of fans, I, I think, of Lord of the Rings as I am. But there's still a lot to digest here, even for cat, more casual fans. Yeah, I, I'm I'm open to, I guess, getting back into it. But I kind of liked where the Lord of the Rings started and stopped, and it just seems daunting to me to to pile on. And that's the other thing, you know. I haven't seen the Hobbit movies. They're they're asking me to watch more Lord of the Rings content. Where I felt at you know the Return of the King is like a, almost a four hour movie or whatever. And when it ended, I was like, okay, that's a good stopping point for this you know and then they made three more movies the, the, the hobbit movies which by the way had a huge amount of cartoony dwarves so I, I can understand that opinion certainly yeah i feel like i'm gonna get lambasted because i have share a similar opinion but sometimes and i know we've talked basically this entire episode about a bunch of franchises that have been around forever and that are getting various spin-offs and what have you there are so many really amazing high fantasy novels out there. And I feel like sometimes because Lord of the Rings became so recognizable and because it was so popular, especially with that movie trilogy, it really reached a wide audience. They're going yeah. to milk it to death. And I just, I don't know if this needs to be made. And I guess that could be said out of, basically any property that we've discussed today there uh, I was, are I was gonna say that's that's i'm yeah. not gonna lambast you for that because that's that's i think the correct overarching theme here i mean uh, you know i've talked a lot about how marvel is super bloated and anytime like even we're talking about dc and we're talking about how great it is that they're making standalone stories like you could make the argument that should be the default for a lot of this stuff and it's and it's just not anymore yeah, like so I, there, I, I just it's a great as opinion. someone who reads a lot of like high fantasy stuff, there's just so much untapped source material out there, and I just I think we should give something else a go. I mean, look what happened with Game of Thrones; it was something that was different from Lord right. of the Rings. They took a risk on it, and it became one of the biggest franchises in years. I mean, there's a lot of really great books out there. Tap into the Hugo list of winners and you know, find really great fantasy books and just do something else. I don't know. That's just how I've been feeling lately. And the other recent touch point is Wheel of Time, which 
incidentally, it's also an Amazon show. I don't actually know how that's doing. Um, and I, I, I yeah. haven't admittedly watched it. So, so that, you know, that, to for me, all it, of that my might, criticism, I should probably have watched that, but it I might serve as a counterpoint it. because, because I haven't watched it either. And I'm sure, almost certainly going to watch Lord of the Rings. And do you know why that is? It's because it's the Lord of the Rings. You love like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it, it, it is the counterpoint to that. But I, on principle, I generally agree with, with, with your point, which is that, you know, make room for something else. And, you know, like we're, we're going to move to what are you up to Wednesday? Uh, but just a couple of other things, kind of rapid fire mentions. I'll get, turn it over to you guys. Two things I want to mention, both of them franchises. Again, National Treasure, Edge of History. Uh, it just makes me sad. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Um, if there's no Nick Cage, you don't want it? It's just... It, no, not at all. And again, I don't, I, I just, I don't think that it's a perfect example of Disney just does not know what they have. They just don't understand the IP that they have. It, it, to me, that's, that's my overarching takeaway on that one. And granted, it's a one minute long clip, so there's not much to take away from it. But like, it's just, that makes me sad. Conversely, and on a positive note, to end my little quickies on a positive note, John Wick is just, it's the best give me a million John Wick movies because they conversely to what I just said about Disney, not knowing what they have, the people who are making John Wick know exactly what they are about and they know what people like, and they're just going to keep giving us more of it. And uh, yes, is all I have to say. That's all I got to say. That trailer was insane. And I'm so here for it. Other things you guys want to kind of do quick drive-bys on before we, before we move on or, or are we, the Sandman looked pretty good. I do want to bring yeah, up the Sandman. That, that trailer looked good. I'm pretty excited for that. Haven't read the source material, but I know one of our Patreon subscribers, Julio Contrarians, loves Sandman and is super excited about that. So I am also excited because the trailer did look really good. And also the Dragon Prince got yes. a season four clip. And the clip was kind of out of like left field. If you didn't watch the show, you probably wouldn't know what was going on. But it was kind of a clip of like what I'm assuming is the first episode. And I am just very excited for the return of this show because this was one of my favorite shows that we watched in the last few years. And it's one of those animated shows that has wide appeal, was really well done, story construction and character development in the first three seasons were great and i'm really excited to revisit this show when season four drops yeah definitely check that out they're not good at making trailers but they are good at making shows it was an interesting approach to i mean it wasn't really a trailer right it was just like basically here's the first scene which like it's an interesting approach because it, the people who have watched the show are immediately wired in mm-hmm. you know me having not watched it watched it i was a little bit confused but i and the animation looked good that's what i will say about that one Tactic, anything you want to drive by before we move on, or should we just dive right into the? Let's do what are you updates? up to Wednesday? Because she Nerdbomber mentioned exactly what I wanted to touch on. Go up, go right into it, man. Go ahead. Okay, so the things that I want to talk about is a couple of things. I'm going to start with a TV series that we watched. We binged completely through the show called Arcane. It's based on the League of Legends game, and it's an animated series. It's just absolutely fantastic. It's it's mentally twisted and gory and action-packed and just it's fantastic it gives a backstory to all the characters in league or some of the characters in league and they did a great job with it it's only got one season out so far it's on netflix but season two will be coming and for those of you who aren't league of legends people we were not either i've never played tactic has never played vaguely only kind of know about the game but this sucked me in. Like I w- became interested in League of Legends because of watching this show and another show I'll touch on in my update. And it was just a very well done, again, kind of like fantastical setting and storyline. Kind of had that steampunk atmosphere, but with fantasy elements of kind of like darkness and magic. And that w- it was just really well done. And Haley Steinfeld who has been having herself quite the last few years was the voice actor of one of the main characters in the show. So check that out. Another thing that I'm doing is I started reading the Murderbot Diaries. I just started, so literally a couple chapters in. It surrounds the perspective of a Murderbot, which is a semi-organic, inorganic human thing that's basically tasked and contracted to murder. but He's got a a broken governor, which kind of gives him his own 
forethought, I guess we'll call it. And it's kind of the perspective of that. I'm only, again, I'm only a couple chapters in and it's it's getting very interesting right off the bat. So I'm excited to read through those. And then the last thing is I want to learn how to, to code cell phone apps. So I started taking online, they're free if you're interested. Um, I started taking online classes for Android Studio. So it's just going to be coding on Android and not iOS. But so far, so good. It's interesting. It's it's an easy, low bar to get into. And uh, it's a good time. Very cool. Keep us updated. Nerd Bomber, what do you got going on? So very gaming-centric television and movie consumption, which seems kind of weird to say. But the first thing is... I know a few weeks ago, I think we had talked about the trailer for One Up, which was the kind of like gaming pitch perfect movie. And so that finally came out. It's on Prime and we watched it. It was fine. <laughs> it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was yeah. a made for TV gaming pitch perfect. It wasn't terrible. I think, you know, getting more gaming content into the mainstream audiences is kind of clutch because... Gaming is like a multi-billion dollar industry. I want to say billion, maybe it's million, but it's like, it's a very lucrative industry. And I think, you know, just having a little bit more exposure to gaming and just regular television and movie media is, is a good thing. I would say like, it did definitely have like uplifting themes for like girls who want to get into gaming and want to feel like welcome in the gaming space. I think that was pretty positive. I mean, it was... It was kind of a stupid movie, but it was still like, if you can turn your brain off and not nitpick it and you go in thinking this is going to be like a stupid pitch perfect knockoff for gaming, that's exactly what you're going to get. And, you know, you're not going to come out any better for it, but it is what it is. It'll entertain you for like an hour and a half, I guess. The other thing, though, which was much better than one up was players. And I believe we had talked about this as well a few weeks ago. Because we were we did, yeah. This is the kind of like documentary ish, right? Show, right. This is the mockumentary on Paramount Plus, and you know the first couple episodes. So basically, this follows one of the star up and coming players in the League of Legends, you know, pro gaming circuit. He joins uh, a pro team, and kind of how he fits in with you know the the old star, quote unquote old star, who's kind of like phasing out, getting towards the end of his career. They kind of butt heads, and it kind of goes into you know more of the background of you know what pro gamers go through a to become a pro gamer. And like the background of how they grind and form their team and how they kind of have to communicate as a team. And then, you know, what kind of financial decisions they have to make, the pressures of, you know, winning, becoming part of a, you know, big multi-million owned sports conglomerate instead of, you know, just playing in your house with your friends on a PC and kind of like the ego trips and struggles that go with it. The first couple episodes, I don't know if Tactic was super sold on it. And I don't know if I necessarily was either because it kind of leaned heavily into like the mockumentary part of it. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a stupid mockumentary. Like I, I thought it was just going to be mindless television. But my God, did they make Mockumentaries you... are, they're a tough medium. They, I, they, I, feel like. I thought it was a full-on documentary by by the end of it. Like So there is, there is, to be clear, there's one episode. We've basically binged the entire thing. There's one episode still coming out basically the day after this podcast episode launches so thursday of this week the final episode in the season will come out but like technic said like it quickly went from something where it felt like it was kind of poking fun at professional gaming to something where there was deep deep character development and a story and background for all of these characters that really made you feel empathy for all of them so it quickly became more than just you know kind of poking fun at the esports scene and truly like we don't know anything about league of legends and at a certain point in you know i think episode nine is you know you there's 10 episodes in the season the 10th one's not out yet but episode nine in my opinion was like the pinnacle so far of the season technic and i were on the edge of our seats we're like watching this 
game of League of Legends that isn't a real game because, you know, this is all mockumentary. These aren't real teams. These aren't real players. We're on the edge of our seat getting sweaty. And like the acting and the the mental reactions of the people in this mockumentary were just so well done. It's insane. I would definitely recommend giving this a watch. Stick past the first couple episodes. The main character starts out being really annoying, but the way that they develop his backstory is just great storytelling, honestly. And I'm very surprised. And surprise is not getting a little bit more attention. So if you were in doubt, definitely watch this. Duly noted, players on Paramount Plus, I'm just trying to Google like does this have like Rotten Tomatoes reviews or something? Not immediately clear. Uh, I don't even know if, well, Rotten Tomatoes does review shows, but I don't know. This might be like in their blind spot. Either way, uh, something worth checking out for sure. On my end, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shout out a show. We started watching Blackbird on Apple TV. Plus, Taryn Edgerton plays a convict who is hired by the government to try and get a confession out of someone who's like murdered a bunch of people. It's pretty interesting, but we're only one episode in, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it yet definitively. Uh, but we, we started that. And then the other thing, the main thing I want to shout out is actually another podcast. I am a big fan and have always been a big fan of the show Boy Meets World, which was big in the 90s, basically. And they just started a rewatch podcast. It's Daniel Fischel, who played Topanga, Ryder Strong, who played Sean, and Will Friedell, who played Eric Matthews. As these rewatch podcasts tend to go, you know, it it really depends it, it the success and failure of a podcast like this depends on how enjoyable the the people are to listen to and and these three former cast members are really good friends and they you know they talk through their experience working on the show not in the sense of just we rewatched this episode what were the scenes in it and how did we feel about them it's more so here's what the process was like you know and, and here's how it made us feel and it's 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 been very interesting so far i'm only a couple episodes into that too but it's been a very rewarding listen that I'm I'm going to be binging pretty hard over the next couple of weeks. So just wanted to shout that out as well. To take us out into the month of August uh, with our last quiz for a month. Actually, who is hosting? I actually don't even know which, which one of you is hosting. I just, I just know that I lost because I, I keep losing. So take us, take us on a journey. So very in line with the rest of our episode, today's trivia is all about San Diego Comic-Con. As always, this is going to be prices right format. You have to try to get your numerical guess as close to the correct answer as possible without busting. It's a best of five effort. Whoever gets three or more points will win and take the victory home, I guess, for the, the month of August. Do you want to take us in with the current standings, Illegal? I do. I do. Uh, so you and Tectic are both tied at nine and eight. I have met eight and eleven. Uh, some a little bit back, but uh, Steven, one and one. All pretty close to 500. I'm definitely below 500, but I almost have as many wins, which I think implies that I've won. It's weird that I've hosted so many more times. I don't really understand that. I guess I haven't hosted that many more times, but I've definitely hosted like one more time than, than you guys. So I'm hoping to get back to nine wins today or get up to nine wins today. So uh, take us away and allow me the, the opportunity to do that. First question. Before SDCC took place, there was a mini-con held to raise funding for the full event. What date was this mini-con held? Who goes, who's first? Who's, we'll let Tactic go first. So you have a little bit of an advantage on the first one. This was 1987. That's an extremely strong guess. That's right around where I was going to go. I am going to, I'm going to shift things forward a little bit at the risk of busting. And I'm going to say 1992. All right, you both busted. So the first year of SDCC was actually 1970, and the Minicon wow. was held the same year because typically it's held in July or August. And so that Minicon for fundraising was held March 21st, 1970. So nobody. So we were got basically a point. way, way off. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Uh, so long as he didn't get points, I'm I'm good. You were you were terribly close to quote not use your plus one. Just saying. That's uh, some unreasonable shade. Yeah, I think he had enough buffer there. So, Come on, man. Throw me a, throw me a bone. I'm dying here. <laughs> as I mentioned, later that year, the first full-scale multi-day San Diego Comic-Con event was held. How many, a pe- the, how many people attended that in 1970? That was a good uh, uh, 10,000. I think it was just one. Just one guy. 
So it's just one dude. <laughs> Tectics Tactics actually worked out here. It was a very small event. There were only 300 people that attended the, I believe it was three-day event back in August of 1970. They missed every, a bunch of people missed out on a lot of good content. I'm sure uh, that's fine. I, I, as we know, I prefer to play from behind. So watch this, I guess. That obviously, you know, that 300 people is a far cry from the number of attendees that San Diego Comic Con pulls in nowadays. In what year did San Diego Comic Con break the hundred thousand attendee mark for the first time? This was right before the pandemic. Actually, it was 2000. Actually, no, not why. It was a little bit earlier than that. This was, this was, this was 2011. No, it was way earlier than that. This, this was, uh, I mean, I was going to say 1971 because I, I don't think it took nearly that long. Oligo strikes back with his first point to tie up the game. In 2005, San Diego Comic-Con broke that 100K oh. mark. And much later than I thought. They've but... continued growing ever since. But yeah, your tactic worked there. You got the point. So it's a tied up game. As we mentioned, you know, a lot of people are attending San Diego Comic-Con every year. Obviously, COVID years notwithstanding. What is the estimated annual economic impact of SDCC on the San Diego region, according to a 2018 report? Do, in like dollars? In dollars. It's, this is a lot. Um, this is a lot. $2.7 million. $2.7 million and $1. Tectic uses his first and only plus one here, and he does it to great effect. This isn't a bust. The San Diego Comic-Con brings in about $140 million to the San Diego region each year. Okay, I was a little short uh, with 2.7, but that's okay. The tally, okay, so this is the final question, it's right? It's two and one. Illegal, you can still hold out and try to force a tiebreaker here. How many artists had an exhibition table at Artist Alley at this year's SDCC. And I go first. You do. But I believe you still have... I don't want to give it... I don't want to give you help. Sorry. There was 200 artists. This is tough because I still have my plus one, but I think he, I think he busted. I'll say 201. You should have trusted your gut. <laughs> he busted. There were uh, 184 artists in Artist Alley this oh, so year. It was really so it was close. Very, too. very close. But yeah, my strategy was try to do to try to do it high to put you in a tough spot. Oh, you didn't go that much higher, but yeah, it was it was a good strategy. Uh, and I yeah, I even said, boy, that's uh, upsetting. Uh, okay, so I lost again. Uh, what else is new? Tactic moves to ten and eight. I moved to uh, eight and twelve. It's getting. Get rough down here. In dire straits. We're almost eight months now. By the time we come back, we're going to be nine months into the year. You only have a few more months to pick it up. Nine months in, so I'll, I'll finally be able to birth my victory baby. I, I, I have a month. I have a month to prepare. That's the way I see this. I'm just going to try and learn everything I can in a month. That's going to. That's what I'm doing now. Wedding is canceled. Big brain time. Uh, I'm just. I'm just going to be studying. So you know where I will be. Uh, we thank you for listening uh, to our SDCC episode and to the podcast in general. We will miss you in the month of August, but we will be back in September right after Labor Day to hit up your ears with some some of our voices, I guess is, is what I'll say. So uh, again, if you liked what you heard, you can head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at OWLeeLady6 is my handle, at OWNerdBomber, at OWTactic, and our main show account, at OnlineWarriors1. Keep on keeping on. We'll let Tactic take us out with a tech tip. If you want to enjoy the rainbows in life, sometimes you got to see a little rain. It's deep, man. That's a, that's a serious one to end, but uh, it's true. Have a great August. We'll see you in September.